Hello, I'm Elizabeth, an obsessive backyard gardener who might be able to offer you a couple of tips. And I'm Keith, a landscape consultant, and I'm also passionate about gardening. The one thing we both have in common is muddy muddy boots. boots. Way back in July this year, one of our podcasts, which has since been taken down, dealt with some of Keith's pet peeves gardening products and practices that Keith believes are more detrimental than beneficial to our gardens. First up in the firing line was Jim's Mowing, a highly regarded and mega successful business that Keith felt was wanting in the franchisee training and experience departments. Keith's complaints did not go unnoticed by Jim's Mowing and they rightly published a defensive post calling out Keith's inaccuracies and their actual good practices. During the dust storm, contact was made with one very gracious Jim Penman, owner and the Jim at Jim's Mowing, who agreed to appear on our podcast to set the record straight. So today, Keith has temporarily relinquished his halo and is now wearing a hair shirt beneath his Jim's Mowing t-shirt, and we are very glad and honoured to introduce Jim Penman. Welcome, Jim, to Muddy Boots. So, Jim, to start with, I would love to provide our listeners with some history of the business. Uh, from what I've read, you started a part-time gardening business back in the 80s to support yourself during your uni studies. Is that right? Yeah, well, actually, back in the back in the 70s, more like. I've actually had a continuous gardening business since 1971. Oh, oh God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm pretty ancient these days, so it goes all the way back to there. And I had it as a kid, too, so really since I've been gardening since I was eight. <laughs> oh, you're eight. You're a bit of a, a, bit yeah. of a green thumb then. Well, I don't know about that, but but I've always done money out of it. I love love working outside. It's just fun. Yeah. I still do, actually. I go up on my farm at the weekends and dig potatoes and stuff. I grew all grind between my nails and calloused hands and stuff. I enjoy that kind of stuff. Oh, fantastic. Whereabouts the farm, Jim? Uh, It's Don Valley, about half an hour from out of Melbourne. Right. Okay. Got good soil? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good soil and, and two permanent creeks, too. It's, it's a lot of fun. We're, we're planting hundreds of acres of um, uh, food-bearing trees, and I've got this big patch with uh, potatoes and pumpkins and corn and, and silver beet, and it's just just great, great therapy. And I go out there and I dig and listen to talking books, and that's my, <laughs> my weekend. I think we're we're on the, we're all on the same path, yeah, and we're on are, the same yeah. track, definitely. So that business yeah. in the seventies then grew enormously obviously and then and it led to this franchising opportunity how did how did that sort of happen well in in a sense i started off full-time in 82 i intended to be an academic for that that was my mm. goal in life and and that failed i wasn't going to get any kind of job in that area and i wanted to continue my research so i needed to fund it so i thought i'll start in business so the only thing i knew how to do was mow lawns so that's what i did i went full time put on a few subbies and then late in the 80s um vip came from adelaide and they had a franchising system and they and they basically terrified me i thought they'd crush me because they were so they had 250 franchisees which was huge wow so i basically franchised in self-defense but when, but when somebody asked me at the beginning how big it might be, I said, "Oh, maybe if it works well, I have a hundred franchisees." You know, <laughs> we've passed five thousand two hundred now, and still growing fast. So it's kind of worked out a bit better than I thought it might. So you just you couldn't stop it; it, it, it just kept growing, and you thought, you, you "Yeah, know, obviously." Well, the whole the whole thing about any business is this: it's not so much having one brilliant idea; it's it's looking at what you do every day and saying, "How can I do it better?" 
Yeah. And every day of my life, I ask myself that question. I'm talking to franchisees all the time, talking to a franchisor just then before I rang you, and he, he had an idea about something we should do differently. Yeah. Always obsessively looking to improve what you do. That's the secret of it. It doesn't matter where you start from. You can have no knowledge of horticulture, no knowledge of business, no knowledge of anything, but if you keep on working to get better, then, you know, surprising things happen. Well, and now I understand you have over 50 service divisions within the Jim's group and close to 5,000 franchises throughout Australia. And that's not just Australia, is it? New Zealand and Canada as well. Yes. Well, we're still putting new ones on. We're just starting Jim's... Um, Jim's Beauty, which is Helen. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Jim's Beauty. So the media. I don't know. It's just gone berserk. I, I've done. I did today's show this morning, just now, and, and wow. done radio interviews. We've had hundreds of people booking in. We haven't got any franchisees yet, but it's. So we've got. Well, you mean you've got clients for the beauty already with no franchisees? Yeah, yeah. Ah. Just in a few days, more than three hundred people tried to book in. We got no franchisees at all. Oh, Jim. Wow. Gosh, you look very relaxed, really, considering. <laughs> Unbelievable. Coping well, coping well. Okay, now I'm sure we'd all love to know your recipe for the enormous success and growth that this business has had. What, I know you said it's about, you know, pushing and coming up with ideas all the time, but what can we learn from your, from, from the massive sort of the snowballing effect that you've had? What do we pick up from all of this? Look, it, it really is just a matter of, being aware of what you do, being being self-critical. Like I had a franchisee um, email me this morning. He's lacking in leads. And okay, and his says the system's not working. It's all wrong. It's not working for me. And so I actually write back and said a whole lot of things that he should do, taking work in the evenings, for example. He's got complaints about rudeness. I said, you're going to be polite to client. You're not ringing them back fast enough. Yeah. Are you upselling? Are you, are you asking for referrals? I mean, the whole stack of different things that he should be doing. The, the, the difference between good operators and poor ones is the, is the poor ones all say, it's everybody else's fault. You need to change this. It's the client's fault. It's the system's fault. Whatever. It's the advertiser. Whatever. It's the economy. Blame somebody else. The good ones all say, okay, sure, things are going on. I may not be happy about, but what can I do? And there are always things you can do. There are so many things that you can do. You know, I look back on the last six months and I've made some colossal mistakes. We just keep on, yeah. keep on learning to do things better. Is, is there opportunities there, Jim, for someone who, who is looking to, to you know, increase his, his workload by thinking outside the square, by saying, listen, I can do mulching, I can do irrigation, I can do yes. feeding, I can do aerating of your lawns and all these sorts of things? I mean, is that exactly right? There's always more stuff that you can do. Look, You've got a drought in certain areas of Australia right now, and it's pretty bad. The leads are way down. But what's the opportunity? Well, if it's drought, it's dry. Yeah. You've got fire prevention activities. People don't want gutters. They want gutters cleaned. They want they want brush cleaned up. Yeah. But they want rubbish removed. There's a whole lot of things that you do because of a drought. If it's in the middle of winter and the grass isn't growing, okay, what can I do? Can I do pruning? Could I do irrigation dishes? There's just so many things that you can do all the time. Yeah. And the thing about a gardening business is incredibly varied. doesn't yeah. matter what the situation is. I started my business full-time in 1982 at Christmas. It was the worst drought in Melbourne history. Oh. All the lawns died. You weren't even allowed to water them. That's right. And you, can you imagine starting a full-time business with no money, deeply in debt at that? But yeah. I did fine. I just did everything. I cut blackberries. I 
had a watering service. I did everything. Yeah, mulching is great. Yeah. Um, we're, we're coming, we're coming across some, some new products. For instance, um, we're using a product called lignite humate, which is brown coal. And, yeah. and I'm specifying that in, in all my, my design jobs that I'm doing now, because it, it has the ability to, um, increase the, the, the soil's capacity by 200% of water holding. And it is, it is just so cheap to, to, you know, to source and to use. Um, what's it called? It's called, lig it? it's called lignite. Oh, lignite. Lignite humate, yeah. So from, from, from lignum, meaning, and, and it's a brown coal, which means it's, it contains a 20% carbon, so the rest is all humate. And that sort of stuff, when you add that to the soil, it gives you just yes. sensational holding capacity for moisture. You know, they're just add-ons. I'll have a look at that, actually. That's very interesting. Um, I, I, water, water retention is, especially we're, we're likely to have a very dry summer coming up. Yes. With the elder bell, end of El Nino. We've had some very good years now. Mm. It's starting to be a bit tougher. We've just got to be a little bit clever in what we do. But but water retention is important. I'm a huge believer in mulching too. It's the yes. natural way of the world. Having bare earth isn't really the way. Conducive to uh, work. Yeah. It's, it's like a weed paradise. You're supposed to cover it. You're supposed to right. mulch it. You're supposed to leave the nutrients into the soil and the water into the soil. That's how it should be done. Yeah, another another product that I use for that for that um, water retention or water seeking is is actually a product called Myco Gold, which is actually um, fungal spores, and there's uh, four different types of fungal spores. Yeah, it's called Myco Gold. So if you Google um, Myco Gold or Bio Stim, that so how do you spell it? M I C O M M Y C O G O L D, and the company is Bio Stim. And the way that this works is that those fungal spores work their way down to the root systems of either grasses or plants or just about anything, and they attach it to the to the root systems, and they then can increase that plant's root system by a thousand percent, and it can deep go down the mycelium go deep down into the soil through the clay where phosphorus and other these these other minerals are locked up in the soil, and deep mine those for the plant, and the symbiotic relationship is simply they they. They take from the plants the two sugars that are created through photosynthesis, so the sucrose and the fructose, and that's the mm -hmm. symbiotic relationship. You know, so there's all these sorts of add-ons that you know can be going into, you know, making this world and and this business, you know, such a. a I'm reading a wonderful book lately called The Secret Life of Trees, which talks about Fantastic. how trees work with their roots and, and, yes. the, and the fungus is a really important part of that in terms of how they get nutrients up. So that sounds like a great idea. I yeah. love the. Um, I'm not a fanatic totally, but I really like the organic stuff. Yes. Um, I've got a farm which has got 240 acres and we're planting it to um, basically into a food forest mm -hmm. and we're using completely natural solutions, mixing up different species that look after each other and so forth, trees, that, in, in the trees and then, yeah, yeah, that's right. Like like the permaculture type of idea, yeah. but on, on a big scale. It's, it's quite a lot of fun actually. That's yeah, well, I'm we're, I'm into organics. Um, all, I've got I've got a two hundred square meter backyard, and I've got over seventy fruit trees in there, and I've got eight raised beds and hedging and everything else. You know, so that's the way that I like to work as well. And and we grow everything from seed. So you know, we've got a little tiny one by one point eight or one point eight hothouse, and everything is grown from seed. You know, for what we you know use there. Which is as, as a contractor, I didn't like to use poisons. Actually, I've never no. enjoyed that kind of stuff. I like—I really like the natural way of doing things. The point of it is, too, you can you can grow a lot of stuff by just using this soil as most as a hydroponics, and you just pour all the fertilizers in, it'll grow. 
but it, it wrecks everything. Um, yeah. One of the biggest problems we've got in recent times is the loss of insects, and that really worries me. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, and that's a while back, you would drive in the country and your windscreen would be splattered with bugs. <laughs> you do it these days, it doesn't happen. Now, that yeah. is one of the most alarming things possible because insects are so important as part of your ecosystem. Yep. They're the pollinators and stuff. Mm -hmm. but we lose them. Yep, and the predators. And we've lost most of them. It's, it's, yeah. it's awful. And one of the things we're trying to do on, on my farm is to bring back the, the wildlife, the insects, the birds, the animals and stuff, There's a lot of swampies and everything on there, which, you, which is great. We're trying to encourage everything else that, we love. All that sort of stuff in our podcast. We're trying to encourage all of that sort of all of that information, all of that educational stuff, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Yes. Natural, organic, yeah. all that sort of thing. But Jim, you've so got to get, you got to you've got to you've got to put the nutrients back into the soil. You've got okay. to have the carbon back into the soil. You've got to recycle things. You've got to get the 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 biodiversity, the microbe, the microbes in the soil are really really important. The insects, everything, the whole yeah. the whole gamut. Mm -hmm. And 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 too much of modern modern agriculture is 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 just based on chemical inputs and poisons and yep. stuff. And I, I don't like it. I never I really never like that kind of stuff. Oh, I've yeah. never I never use it. I never used it yeah. in my own business. And I was contracted for a long time. Never used it. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, well, I was I was I was twelve years at the Diggers Club as um, various managers, are right up, up to to national sales manager. Um, and I introduced an awful lot of soil amendment products, you know, which, uh, we, as I said, I've just spoken about a couple there, like the Myco Gold. We use biochar as well and, uh, and all, all organic fertilisers, you know, which has just been sensational, including rock dust. Um, Manash really? rock dust. Manash rock dust is absolutely superb. If you, uh, if you get a chance to have a, have a look at that, that particular product as well, you know, you're putting up to 100 trace elements of mineral back into the soil that's never had them since the day they created because, you know, we've got the oldest, crappiest soils around. And so it's all the goodness we can put back into the soil, which is important. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's great, actually, when you garden for a while, you actually see the soil improve. Yeah. I, I know on my garden beds, and they're quite big, actually. They're like, um, I don't know, a quarter of an acre, this kind of thing. So it's big areas, and you just keep on turning the soil and put your nutrients back in and you just weeds back in and, and just more and more good stuff in. And, and it, it, it's wonderful what it grows. Fantastic. So, Jim, how do you pass all of this knowledge that you have, and you are so passionate about everything being so organic, natural, how do you pass all of that knowledge on to your franchisees so that they can then obviously be the same and, and use the same practices? Well, we try to. When we start off um, mine franchises, we have, a, um, we have a generic business training, which is three days. And that's actually the, the core of what makes people, you know, things like customer service and keeping proper records and those kinds of things. And, and then you, you, you're, you're upselling and you're going for referrals and, and just all the basic business stuff. And then we do three days of uh, horticultural training. So we actually teach them as much as we can about these kinds of areas. Look, we'd love to have them for a month, but, yeah. you know, this is the nature of business. We do encourage them to do hort degrees, I, I must say. We, we really like them to get into those kinds of things. And we do find that, you know, basically we're there to coach them to have an accessible business. That's the first priority. But we do find that um, if they do hort degrees, they tend to they tend to do better because they know how to do these sort of things. Mm. So, I mean, look, we can't, we can't define what they do. We can just encourage people to do things the best possible way. And I do think, you know, the gardening industry has a, has an important role there in teaching people. One thing I'd love to be be able to do is to is to help people. I know this sounds heretical because I run a mowing business, but but it would be great if people actually dug up their lawns and put some more useful stuff in, like like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we 
permission to say fill in the air, but it's true. I mean, lawn is a very iffy, and especially yeah. when you especially when you poison everything and just have certain kinds of like a Kentucky bluegrass, something like that, with nothing else. I mean, how much nicer if you if you if you if you grow vegetables or you go flowering plants that, that, that attract native pollinators and these kinds of things too, and that's what I like to see. I'm not a I'm not a big fan of lawns. So so obviously the health of our environment is uppermost in, in all of our minds. Mm. How how do you keep up with the sort of the changes that are going going on within the well firstly within the industry, um, and how do you pass them on as well? And also with all the, the sorry, the environmental changes that we're having to deal with as well. I mean, it's it's impo- it's hard for any of us to keep up with, but with business. It's another thing. Look, it is, it is difficult. People are out there making a living. And, and let's let's face it, the first priority, our first priority of our franchise is to make money. Honestly, we, we like them to earn well. And, and they, they, on the average, they do pretty well. They make, last time we did a survey, they, they, they're turning over just under $3,000 a week. So they're making, they're making above average Australian wage, significantly yeah. above, and, yeah. and with a great lifestyle too. So that's priority number one. But within that, obviously, what you do is you do things like you run meetings and you have newsletters and, and you just try and educate people on this kind of stuff. I don't know. It just is a big thing. I don't know why people poison stuff so much. I, I, don't, I don't like it. It doesn't even look good. No. I mean, the only case I can think of poisoning is when you have pars and you just you can't do much about that. You get the, the cracks in the pavement, which is what happens in, in our place. Yeah. But apart from that, isn't it, isn't it better to use things like mulching and planting and so forth to control it? Because the, you're adding to the value of the soil. If you, if, you, if you poison weeds, you're doing nothing for the soil. You just, I mean, it rots down and stuff. But if you mulch it, stops the weeds from growing, but you're also adding back, you're increasing the carbon content of the yeah, soil. Or the fauna, the microbes and, and the... And the yeah, microbes and insects. Yeah, absolutely. We, 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 don't, we don't have enough attention to these things. We're very focused on charismatic species like birds and stuff and birds are beautiful but it's the stuff we don't see that actually makes the biggest difference that's what i was going to say it's what you can't see that you don't know and that's a very important thing about gardening is having that whole thing microbes are important everywhere too people more and more like in in human health too we just started to realize that the the biome and we are we've got trillions of bacteria living with us and most of them are beneficial so Things like, I mean, it's a different area, I know it's health, but you, things like antibiotics have big problems because they kill everything. Mm. They just kill the good stuff as well as the bad stuff. And you have to actually have as little antibiotics as possible and you and you and then if you do, you, you've got to re-feed the, the, the microbes back in. Well, gardens are the same. Mm. You know, it's like gardening our body. It's the same principle. We've got to live, we design, we evolve to live with the natural world. And we've got to encourage that. It really petrifies me. I actually, even little things like, you know, if we could, along the freeways, if we could we could not mow so much, we could let more of the natural Wild plants. Flowers. Wildflowers. Yeah, wildflowers, that kind of stuff, the natural flora of the place. Because a lot of the, we're, we're very focused on bees. I'm probably getting off the topic, which we're very focused on bees, and bees are great pollinators, but, but most of the pollination is actually done by creatures that aren't bees. Right. They're other, you know, the natural native pollinators, and we need them, and, and too much. The um, I don't want to tell you about these um, new pest control things, the neocorticoids, whatever they're called, um, but they're, they're a menace. They're dreadful, what, what goes on in that area. 
Neonicotoids, are they? Is what you're talking about? Neonicotoids, yeah. yeah. I, I forget yeah. the name of it. I know it's just, they, yeah. they reckon it's the reason why there's the, even just in the last few decades, the, the insect um, population just dived. It's gone way, way down. And that's a very, very alarming trade. It worries me more than other things, like even like global warming, to be honest. It's just a, it's yeah. just a menace. So for, for as far as we're, from sitting here, what we need to be doing as, as individuals is doing what we can in our own gardens, really. I mean, at least that's something. Yes. Uh, and, and as you said, and to encourage the pollinators and to do everything naturally, we I, I so totally agree with everything you yeah. say in that regard. But we were going to talk about Jim's mowing. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay, all right. You get me on these kind of topics. I do rant a bit. I'm sorry about it. But no, 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 you're no, saying it's great. It's passion, things. mate. It's just absolute passion. Yeah, we absolutely. And, and look, you're an amazing, amazing person to talk to. And just the great success that you've had with Jim's mowing is, is fantastic. And as, as I said, we were going to talk to you about that. But this is much more interesting. Yep, I agree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's more, more up, more what, up. What, we do. Definitely. One of the problems we have with, with, with our people is that they get very focused on mowing lawns which is okay, but it's not really the best way to make a living out of it. We want you to, we want you to start going beyond that. The people who do best are those who actually love the gardens as a whole and they want to look at the whole thing. And even if that means getting rid of a lawn, it's um, – look, a lawn is nice in a way. If you want to have a sort of a picnic and you want to sit on the grass, it's probably a, a good way to do it. But for the most part, there's too many. Mm. It's, not, it's not the best. You have to admit, though, the garden looks – you know, it can look so shabby until the lawn is mown. And once the lawn is mown, everything looks so much more beautiful. So yeah. there are, unfortunately, there are so many people out there, well, not unfortunately, fortunately, who are passionate about their lawns, aren't they? And their lawns are their focus. You've got mm. a neighbour who is obsessed with his lawn. Oh. So it's it's a big thing, and I don't know the when curator. that's going to go away, really. But, you know, lawns can be fit in the context. I mean, just think about it. You can have lawns going right to the fences, basically, yeah. or you can have a patch of lawn in the middle surrounded by beautiful flowering right. shrubs and trees and stuff like that. So it's an area you can sit on and enjoy, but the natural world comes in. And even quite a small garden, you can do a lot with that kind of area. And exactly. to me, it's a lot more beautiful, a lot more natural. I yeah. just, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we agree. We can't. We don't disagree with anything you're saying. It's so totally true. But look, it. I've, apart from, I was going to say, apart from Jim's mowing, you've got so many other franchises. The business is growing. It's it's just getting bigger and bigger. What are you just going to keep on going forever? As far as you, as an individual, is concerned, is this just something that you are going to keep working on until the minute? You I, I often say that when when I retire, there'll be a special ceremony, and I'll be the guest of honor, and I'll be in a box. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Good yeah, on yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I can't. Look, I'm 71 years old, but I'm in really, really good health. I'm very fit. Um, I, I I exercise every day. I work on my farm for hours at the weekend. I just try to eat well, control my weight, don't smoke, don't drink, these kind of things. Just I, I, There's no reason why I can't keep on going for an extra 20 years. And, you know, with medical breakthroughs, who knows? There might be another 1,000 to come. There'll be more, there'll be more. Do you but, have family members who are, you're thinking, okay, when that time comes, they're going to take it over? Or have you got that all planned? That's my, that's my hope. I've got, I've got 10 kids. 10? Ten. Ten. I've got some 10. Well, this isn't everybody. I mean, this is normal, isn't it? No. i got four. <laughs> Two. Hey, listen, I believe in growing things. Plants, children, come on. Yeah, done well. What's your life for? Amazing. I've got yeah. some wonderful kids. I've got I've got some very good potential sons in law who, who could have some very good skills. So um I I actually um 
I want to keep it in the family, set up as a family trust. I'm actually setting up a system so that the um, the business can't be sold without the consent of the majority of franchisees in writing. Because one of the things I fear is after I'm gone, somebody will say, here's a big sum of money, sell it off to some multinational who will just rip my franchisees off blind. And that worries me. And it's probably, as I said, 20 plus years in the future. But I'm trying to avoid that, setting up a family trust structure and so that it continued, keep on going indefinitely. I, I, I hate the idea of somebody coming and ripping off my franchisees. That really would, it really concerns me. They're yeah. like your family, aren't they? Pretty much. They are. They're, they're very much so, extended family. And look, every one of my franchisees, and there's 5,200 plus now, have my direct phone number and email address. And believe me, they do contact me, every mm. single one of them. And I talk to them every day. In fact, this morning so far, I've had contact with at least half a dozen franchisees on various sorts of things. Just people, I wonder what's going on. I want to be able to help them. I want to see how we can improve. That, yeah. That's kind of like a big passion of mine. I love it too. Yeah. But, but you know the hardest time of the year for me? Christmas to New Year when everything closes down. I find it boring. <laughs> oh, you need to take a break, surely, at some stage. No, I don't like don't. breaks. I don't like breaks. I don't enjoy breaks. I like, I like what I do. What I do is fun. Well, I think this is fantastic. Yep, absolutely. Fantastic. Thank you. We really appreciate this. Is there anything uh, more you'd like to no, say? No, I, I think you've, we we've you've covered off so many things. I think it's just absolutely fantastic. Look, if you're ever in Melbourne, I'd love to show you what we're doing on my farm. Oh, oh, oh we'd love that. Yes. We'd love to come up and have a look. Please. Can we? Can we? Yeah, just, just contact me when you come down. It's only half an hour from the office, and so I'll take you out there and show you. And I'll, I'll talk, give you, introduce you to uh, Mark, the guy who runs it for me. Yep. He's, he's a super organic freak. He really is. He's, he's more fanatic than I am about such things. <laughs> He's a really interesting guy. He was a, yeah. was a vet in Afghanistan and he's got long hair and a beard and he's, he's an amazing guy. Oh, wow. So I'd love you to meet him and just talk about what we're doing and how they're doing it and show you the interplanting thing, the way they're using using the different um, – we're experimenting all the time too. We don't, we don't know what we're doing exactly, but we try different things and it's it's really fun. Fantastic. So give me a, give me a, let me, give me a call when you, when you, if you're coming down at any time and I'll take you up there and show you around. That would be Thank fantastic. We'd, We'd love to, to do that. Thank you so much for chatting with, with us today. I think it's been a great learning curve Absolutely. For, you, for us. And, yeah, we would love to take you up on that opportunity. Thank you so much, Jim. Yeah, great. Okay, I'll we'll see you soon. Thank, Thank you. you. Great to Thanks, meet you. Thanks, Jim. Lovely to meet see you. See you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Muddy Boots. For more information on today's podcast, please go to muddyboots.net.au and happy gardening.